I'd like to take a moment and just brag about the God that I serve. The Bible tells us that he's omnipotent. That means that he is all-powerful, that miracles are common with him. He's omniscient. He knows the beginning from the end. I'm amazed whenever I travel a little bit and I see a big mountain or we go to the ocean and see an ocean. Sometimes I'm amazed that the other day we walked across the street and I looked at that big farm and I was amazed at that big farm that's for sale. I thought, wow, what a big property. The God that I serve is much bigger than any property. He's bigger than any ocean. He's bigger than any building. In fact, he created all that exists. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. He didn't just create our solar system or our Milky Way galaxy. He created the entire universe. Some astronomers say that there are probably more than 170 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Stretching out into a region of space 13.8 billion light years away in every direction north south east and west and so if you multiply the number of stars in our galaxy by the number of galaxies in the universe you get approximately 10 to the 24th power with 24 zeros after it of stars that's one followed by 24 zeros that's what they think they know But people keep finding out that they know so very little about how big God is. Friend, he's bigger than that. He cannot be limited. And the God who created all that exists simply by his spoken word is my father. And he's adopted me and he's adopted you into his family. He came seeking after you when you were far against him, when you were rebellious, when you didn't want anything to do with him. He came seeking after you. Listen, the God who created stars 13.8 billion light years away, the one who created them, stopped what he was doing, reached down and comes pursuing you and me. My friend, if he's pursuing you today, I want to tell you you're a special person. You need to listen to him today. Nothing is too difficult for him. When you and I start bragging about him, he shows up in our midst because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. I sense that things are speeding up. We're living in the last days and God has a work that he wants to accomplish on the earth. And he needs men and women who will not flinch with fear. He needs men and women who will accomplish his work. That they will be strong and confident in faith. People who are able to move from victory to victory. People who are able to go from conquering to conquering again and again, not stopping, not slowing down, but fully obeying and trusting him completely. He needs people who will possess the land that rightfully belongs to you. And I declare to you today that God is building faith. Even as we're sitting in this room, I want you to hear me. God is building faith in your life. 
that will enable you to escape the paralysis of fear, to conquer your enemies, and possess what rightfully belongs to you in Christ. He already paid the price for your healing, my friend. He already paid the price for your peace. He already gives you a sound mind. He gives you right relationships. He gives you joy. And those things all belong to you and to me. God was doing that very thing in the life of the Israelites in Exodus chapter 14, if you want to turn there. God had displayed his power and his might through the plagues, and he delivered his people from Egyptian bondage. As he brought them out, the Bible says that he was leading his people with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The Bible tells us that the Israelites plundered their enemies, the Egyptians, and they came away after all of those years of being in slavery. They walked away loaded down with the gold and the silver, with the wealth of Egypt. God gave it into their hands. In Exodus 14, the Bible says this. It says that the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Piharath, between Migdal and the sea. And they are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite of Balzaphon. Pharaoh will think. Notice what it says. Pharaoh will think. The Israelites are wandering around in the land of confusion, hemmed in by the deserts. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord... So the Israelites did this. The first thing I want you to know is that God was directing the steps of his people. And he had a purpose in what he was orchestrating. So you can take that for yourself today. That as a follower of Jesus, he is directing your steps. He's directing mine. The purpose that God had for his people was that he would gain glory for himself. And that the Egyptians who had been tormenting God's people, who had been abusing God's people, would know that there is a God, and he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible states very clearly that the steps of a righteous man or a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. The Hebrew word for ordered means that their steps are prearranged step by step that their steps are fixed or they're actually ordained by God. So do you understand that God has prearranged your steps? He has ordered your steps. You you know, sometimes we think we're going somewhere. We think it's our will, it's it's our way, but God has prearranged your steps. As you read these verses, you see clearly that God had a plan. Much of the time, you and I cannot comprehend God's plan. The Lord led the people into a place where they were hemmed in by the desert mountains on either side. The Red Sea was in front of them, and Pharaoh and his armies were behind them. That doesn't sound like a great military strategy, does it? But God told them to go there. Listen to me. As I said previously, God is ordering your steps. Because you are in a difficult place does not mean that God has not ordered your steps or that you are out of the will of God. Every time that something happens that you don't like or you don't understand, 
It does not mean that you've messed up, that you've failed in some way, or that you're out of the will of God. Perhaps God is positioning you in a place like the Israelites so that, why did he have them there? So that he could gain glory for himself. The scripture says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and that he had a change of mind. He didn't want to lose his slave labor force. So he gathered his army, his horses and his chariots, and he began to pursue the Israelites. In Exodus 14, verse 10, it says this. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, they looked up and there was the Egyptians marching after them. Notice what it says. It says they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out of the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. And Moses answered the people. And if you underline in your Bibles, if you highlight in your Bibles, I want you to underline and highlight this next verse. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you when? Today. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Here's our second point. Our second point is this. God did not want his people to panic, but to stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord would bring. When was he bringing it? Today. God was going to do something right before their very eyes, but they had to be still and watch. It's kind of like your parents said you to just be quiet and watch. My dad used to say, tell me that a lot of times. Just listen, just watch. The psalmist writes this. He says in Psalms 46 verse 10, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted on the earth. The literal translation in Hebrew says this. It says, cease and forsake all trying. Just quit trying. Quit clenching your fist. Quit trying to figure it out in your mind. Quit trying to come up with a solution to it. Just be still and acknowledge that I am God. Stop all your efforts. He's really saying to him, stop all your efforts to deliver yourself. Stop all your efforts in trying to figure out a scheme or a plan or a way. How do I take care of this one? Which way do I go? How do I negotiate this difficulty? And acknowledge that God is able to save you. Be still. Quit trying to figure anything out. And just acknowledge that the one who's able to save you is right here in your midst. Just acknowledge that the one who's able to take care of you is right here. Once again, the one who created the billions of stars that are in the universe desires to have a relationship with you, sent his son to die for you. Will he forsake you in the midst of your small trouble that you're facing now? Absolutely not. I want to just declare to somebody, the problem that you have is not too hard for God. It's not too small. It's not too big. It's not 
not too significant. It's not too insignificant. We serve a God who's our heavenly father, who's concerned with everything that concerns you. Everything that you lay awake at night and worry about, he knows about before you ever even ask. And he is going to deliver you. According to this word, he says, the problems that you see today, you won't have to deal with it tomorrow. You watch and see what God does. Do you recognize the theme from last week? God is the one who's fighting for you. God is the one who is doing the work. The scripture tells us a lot about God fighting for us or God working on our behalf. Let me give you a couple quick scriptures. In Psalms chapter 18 verse 47, it says that he is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 2 says, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. Now, I got to tell somebody this. You know that before you were born, that God knew you by name and he called you? While you were still in your mother's womb, he put his hand down and touched you and anointed you and he created you for a purpose and a plan and he wants to flow through your life. That same God says, listen, I will do whatever is necessary so that I can reveal myself to you so that you will trust me and believe in me. Isaiah 52 verse 12. It says, but you will not leave in haste or go in flight. For the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. God wanted that generation. He wanted this generation. Their family had spent 400 years in bondage. Sometimes when you've grown up in certain things, it's hard to get out from underneath that. Can I say this to you? Sometimes when you start thinking a certain way, it's hard to change the way that you think. And when you start seeing things a certain way, it's hard for your eyes to be opened and to see anything else. Sometimes when you learn to react a certain way, it just seems like that's the reaction that you always have. You know what I'm saying? And God wanted to change this generation. He wanted to do something in their lives. He did not want them to panic. And he doesn't want you to panic. He didn't want them to run around looking for an escape. He wanted them to be bold and confident. He wanted them to have what I call a Holy Ghost swagger. What's a Holy Ghost swagger? A Holy Ghost swagger is a boldness and a confidence in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hard times. It's one of those things where some people would say that you're a little cocky, that you're a little arrogant, but it has nothing to do with you. It's about who's with you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's about who's defending you. It's about who's on your side. It's about who has you backed up. There's something about a swagger, a little boldness, When you got a little backup with you. I think it's going to be okay now. I think we're all right now. It's not overwhelming. But God has your back. God's defending you. And it's not an arrogant like a 14, 15 year old kid's arrogance. It's a boldness. The word says that those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. So when you understand that he's the creator of the universe. The universe not just New Holland. 
not just Lancaster County, but he's the creator of all the universe. And he stands behind you. You can face all kinds of difficulties and you're just like, is there anything you wanted to say to me now? Huh? Oh, you're not going to do anything. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, well, I'll see you later. You and I don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to to be running from difficulties. We can stand with boldness. How do we know that God arranged this difficult situation? Because a lot of you think when you get in a difficult place, you think that you've sinned or you've made a mistake or that God's mad at you. What did I do wrong? And you will sit and rack your brain. Oh, God. What did I do wrong? I don't know why. I don't know why this difficulty is coming. We beat ourselves up and we stress out and we get anxious and worried about those things. Oftentimes you've done nothing wrong, but you're right where God wants you to be. It don't feel real good whenever mountain on this side, mountain on this side, Red Sea in front of you, and here comes Pharaoh with his chariots. But friend, you are in the will of God. Listen to this. How do we know this frightful situation that God used it to test his people? His own words say in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what's in your heart, whether or not you will keep his commands. The verse spells it out clearly. All the ways which the Lord led thee. It was God who led them to the Red Sea. It wasn't the devil. Let me tell you something. Because you're having a difficulty today, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. That same chapter tells us in chapter 8, verse 16, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble you and test you. Notice at the end what it says, to humble you and test you. We think God just wants to humble us and test us, ah, what? So that it, in the end, it might go well with you. Do you see that? That's why God did this. That's why God allowed it. So that in the end, we think he just wants to humble us. We think he just wants to test us. No, he humbled us and test us so that in the end, it might go well with you. God wanted it to go well with them in the end, and he wants it to go well with you in the end. Listen to me. There were homes that they didn't build. They were all excited. They were all excited because they came out of Egypt with the bag of gold. That'd be pretty cool. They were all excited because they got the earrings of the Egyptian women or the necklaces of the Egyptian women that, you know, some guy could give his wife a nice piece of jewelry. But God had something greater than that for them. You see, there's houses that they didn't build. There were walled cities that they didn't build. There were vineyard that they did not plant. There was territory and fields that they did not control. But God said, these belong to you. They're yours. But they had to be prepared to move from victory to victory to victory. One bigger, one greater than the other. Without stopping to rest for six months. God wanted it to go well with them, but it required faith. 
He didn't want them just to go out and take one city. As soon as they took one city, there was another city that he wanted to be theirs. He didn't want them just to have one house. As soon as they conquered one house, there was another house and another house. He didn't want them just to find one nice field and say, okay, let's all of us sit in here in this one small field. No, he said, as soon as you move on from there, I want you to go on to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. He wanted them to be able to have all that he designed for them to have. God was after something. He brought them into this situation so that they could practice their faith. And these kind of circumstances would produce true faith in them that only God could bring out. Only God could draw that faith out. In verse 3, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, to teach you. In other words, God gave them the hard places, the hungering places, the thirsting places, the places that were alarming the places that were terrifying so that he could develop in them a trusting heart. Those difficult times that you're facing, those things that you're going through, they're not wasted. They're God preparing you for a greater victory, for a greater time of conquering. Here's the third thing. The third thing is this, that God intended, point number three, God intended the victory to be quick and complete. So many people think that for God to do something, it has to be you got to be on your deathbed. You know, you've waited for it. You're 98, and finally God answers your prayer. For the people here, I want to move into a place where when we pray, God brings victory. What does that require? That requires faith. That requires a trusting in him, a confidence in him, because he wanted to do it for his people. Notice what it says in verse 13. Skip down to verse 13. Moses answered the people. I want to read that to you again. Don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Notice the promise. God says this. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. What if God said to you, the addiction that you see today, you'll never see again. What if God said to you, the heartbreak you see today, you'll never deal with it again. What if God said to you, the stronghold in your life that you see today, you will never see again? What if he said to you, the problems that you're facing today, the sickness, the disease that you see today, it will never, ever, ever, ever again torment you, bother you, hassle you. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of father that we serve. He says, I'm able to deliver you in an instant. I'm able to hear your prayers and break through in your life instantly. It doesn't have to take 16 years for me to do it. The Egyptians, you see, you'll never see again. God had delivered them from bondage. They had plundered the Egyptians and carried off their gold and their silver. But when they looked back, they were reminded of the abuse, the humiliation, and the domination of their captors. See, it gets into your head. 
It gets into your mind. Do you know what I'm saying? When you look back, the enemy loves to use propaganda against you. He loves to accuse you and torment you and kind of mock you and make fun of you and make light of you and just mess with your head. Those old feelings and emotions crept back into their minds about the times that maybe they tried to rise up before and they were defeated. But God wanted them to see that he had the power to wipe out their enemies. So he said to Moses, tell them to move on. There's a time in life when you need to move on from your past. You need to move on from your failures. But where do you go? As Moses lifted up his staff, the waters parted and they walked through on dry ground. I want you to listen to the rest of the story. Starting at verse 23. The Egyptians pursued them. And all Pharaoh, you know, God opened up the Red Sea. It was miraculous. The children of Israel go and he sends a cloud comes behind them. Light on one side, darkness on the other. The Israelites go through on dry ground. And when their enemies begin to pursue them, it says the Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw them into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at daybreak, the sea went back into place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horses. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. With the wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. I want to declare to you today that the same God who delivered the Israelites is here in our midst. The same one who chose Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and said, I'm going to bless you. That same God sent his son Jesus to die upon the cross for your sin and mine. He gave the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I would be in relationship with him. And the thing that blesses his heart is when you and I trust him. I've told you before, the thing that God values in the economy of God, what's of worth? And it's faith. It's people who trust in him. They trust in him more than their circumstances. They trust in him more than their understanding. They trust in him more than what they see. I want to say to you today that that God that we serve, he's able to deliver you. 
I want to say this to you. Do you know what Moses said? Moses said, this is what I want you to do. He said, you stand firm. Wait, I'm in a bad place. Doesn't matter. Pastor, it's difficult here. I'm getting anxious here. Hey, I'm telling you something, it don't matter. He says to you, you stand firm. Don't run, don't hide, don't get anxious. Get that Holy Ghost swagger, a little boldness rising up in you. You stand firm and you simply watch and see what God does. I want to prophesy over you today under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that in a moment, listen to me, in an instant, your God is able to heal. Your God is able to deliver. He says that the things that torment you, the things that harass you, the things that cause you to fear, the things that cause you to be ashamed, the things that cause you to worry, the things that makes you want to run, the thing that wants to control you, in an instant, your God is able to deliver you. And he says to you today, the things that are bothering you, the things that are tormenting you, the things that are against you, the things that come against you, what you see today, you won't see them again. Tomorrow, they'll be gone. Hallelujah. I just think that there's some people in this place today who you needed to hear that where you're at is not a mistake. It's part of God's divine plan. That he's been ordering your steps He's been guiding you. He's been directing you. And you say, well, pastor, I've made a lot of mistakes. Well, you know what? He's a big God. That's why his son Jesus died for those mistakes, for those failures. And he says to you, wherever you are today, he knows right where you're at. Your back might be against the wall. But if God be for us, who can be against us? If today you're in a difficult place, And you just want to tell the Lord, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tell the Lord, Lord, my eyes are upon you. That's what we're going to say to him. From our spirits, from our hearts, Lord, I'm in a difficult relationship situation. I'm in a difficult financial place. I'm in a difficult thing with my kids. But God, I believe that you're able. He says to you, you stand firm and see the salvation of your God. If that's you today, as Crystal Place, I just want to pray over you. If that's you and you just want God to, you just want to tell him, this is not about me seeing your hand or somebody else, but you just want to tell God, Lord, my eyes are on you. I'm not looking anywhere else. Would you just lift your hands to heaven? Father, I pray as your people are lifting their hands before you. Lord, some of them are in a difficult place with physical sickness. And I thank you for the stripes that Jesus took on his back for their healing. And Lord, as two people called me last week and told me how God healed them when we prayed for them. I thank you, Lord, that your healing power flows. So I pray that those who are sick in their body, that you'd bring healing and deliverance to them. For that one, Lord, who the enemy, he constantly torments your mind and you have no peace. You got everything else, but you don't have peace in your mind. I speak the peace of God over your mind and over your heart. In the name of Jesus. For those who are being tormented by the enemy, you just live in torment. He just haunts you. He's on your butt. He's on your butt all day long, just whispering in your ear. I speak the power of Jesus over you to break any stronghold, any stronghold that would hold you down. In Jesus' name, we just declare that those things will be broken off of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we have determined as we raise our hands, we're saying, Lord, I'm not going to try and figure it out. I'm not going to try to fix it. I've already tried. I'm tired from that. I'm going to fix my eyes upon the author and the finisher of my faith. 
and I'm going to let you intervene. And then I'm going to tell everybody, everybody I run into, I'm going to tell them how God provided for me. I'm going to tell them how God healed my son. I'm going to tell them how God restored my marriage. I'm going to tell them how God brought peace into my life, how God gave me the land, how God provided for us, how God went above and beyond because he's better than I could possibly imagine. He's been so good to me and he's got more for me to do. He's got more for you to do, my friends. So may the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon you. And may you be confident in your God. May you be bold in Him. And may you accomplish all He's called you to do. Not in your own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit that rests upon you this day. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you.